Welcome to Enid Monthly In Depth, the podcast with the Enid people for Enid people. Today's guest is Dr. Clark Harris, the president of Northern Oklahoma College. Dr. Harris has had a wide-ranging career in education, and after a year on the job at NOC, is still excited of the opportunities NOC provides at each of its three campuses. Dr. Harris delves into what makes NOC Enid unique and what it can offer local students. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and give us a good rating. In the meantime, here's Dr. Harris. I'm here today with Dr. Clark Harris from Northern Oklahoma College. How are you, Dr. Harris? I'm doing great. Well, good. Well, hey, I'm really excited to talk to you a little bit today. We're going to talk a little bit about NOC uh, as a whole, uh, NOC Enid, uh, and kind of what uh, you're a newer president. So we want to kind of see what uh, you got in store. Is that cool? Yeah, that'd be wonderful. Well, good. Well, if you've uh, listened to any of our podcasts before, then a lot of times we I like to get a little bit of history of the person, get to know them a little bit as people. That way, uh, that when we see you out in the community, we can be like, oh, yeah, I remember you from that podcast, or I remember that you went to so-and-so, and that kind of thing. So where did uh, where were you born at? Where'd you grow up? So I grew up uh, around Kansas City. I, I was actually born south of there in uh, Paola, Kansas. But I grew up around Kansas City and uh, kind of rural suburbs. And, and then I ended up going to Kansas State University, and I got my bachelor's there, and I also got my a master's degree. And my bachelor's is actually in agriculture education. That kind of surprises people sometimes. So I, I was a high school agriculture teacher then for seven years, taught in Dodge City Community College, and actually I ended up back in Paola where I, uh, where I was born. So it was kind of interesting. Yeah, for sure. Well, and uh, what did your parents do when you were growing up? So my dad had, he had worked for um, some oil companies like City Service and Gulf Oil. But then um, when I was about 14, he went back and became an agriculture teacher again. So really, that's kind of what set the flame with me. We'd, we'd always had uh, kind of a small suburban farms, so we'd raised a lot of animals, uh, market gardens and things. And then since he was a ag teacher, I got to experience the idea of uh, working with the students and going to the National FFA convention and the, um, the, the idea that he had a shop and a greenhouse and all those. And it's like, oh my gosh, that couldn't get much better than that. So that looked pretty appealing. Well, so with that agriculture background, it kind of makes sense for you to be here in northern Oklahoma, uh, where we've got a lot of agriculture students and agriculture uh, parents, right? Yeah, and I love it. We have a really strong agriculture program. Most most of the coursework is over at Tonkawa campus, but uh, we've got kind of a world-class sheep center over there, and uh, we're getting ready in a couple of years. We're going to add precision agriculture, and so that's going to be pretty exciting. We're getting that um, as part of a, a Nasante grant, which is... Uh, Native American serving non-tribal institution, but we're we're getting we got a two million dollar grant for Nasante, and part of that will be for that precision agriculture. Right now, we're working on doing upgrades to a building as part of our process tech and wind power. Um, so those are going to be some exciting things. Well, good. Well, that I'm sure there's going to be lots of exciting things that we'll talk about about NOC. And let's talk a little bit about why you went to uh, administration. What, what point did you go from agriculture teacher uh, to in the administration and higher education? <clears throat> so actually, after uh, I taught high school for seven years, but then I went back and got my doctorate. And then I kind of became pseudo-administrative, and I was doing uh, some different roles and 
Um, and then I looped back around and I actually taught ag education at Kansas State University. So I actually got to work with those students, and which is just incredible to get to work with those college students. And so uh, then I made the move to become a dean. I actually went to Flint, Michigan, and I became a, a dean of technology there. So we had all of those things like you would see in a a typical career tech center like Autry, um, automotive, auto collision, um, all the computer areas, all of the things like CAD and welding and all the, those were all part of our community college when I was in Flint, Michigan. And we, we were in a very strong manufacturing base. So it was a great experience for me. And then from there, it was, I, I continued to advance in my administrative. And, uh, and then when this position opened up, this looked like just an incredible opportunity to come to Northern Oklahoma College. Uh, I'm impressed with all of our campuses. They're all, they're all pretty distinct in how they are, and I, I think they all have a lot of opportunities on how to grow, and, and those are the things we've really got to identify working with the communities to figure out how to enhance those campuses. So. My guess is that with that, and I, I tend to agree, that they do seem to have very distinctive personalities, uh, and so to bring those personalities together uh, under the umbrella, but still be called NOC, but still have the same goals and opportunities for everybody, uh, would be kind of a challenge, I would think. Yeah, it is a challenge, and because we, we always have to look what's best for NOC, uh, but then we also want to look at what's best for each campus and how to look at things uh, differently. Actually, to me, one of the biggest challenges is the idea that we have athletic teams on Enid campus and in Tonkwa, and they play each other. Um, I think we've got to be one of the few colleges in the country where a single college uh, has two separate basketball teams, two separate women's basketball, softball, baseball. And so uh, it's, it's, it's a challenge to get excited, but uh, know when to cheer and when not to cheer. Uh, I don't want people to think that I'm favoring one team over the other. So. Yeah. It's almost like Cal, like uh, Ca- the California system. There Aren't they all under the University of California, but then they've got Cal Berkeley and, and, uh, and other uh, smaller branches? Yeah, I think they are. So so I got my doctorate in University of Missouri, and so each of those institutions were part of the system. Uh, so University of Can- Missouri, Kansas City, University of Missouri, Rolla, University of Missouri, Columbia, which is the flagship. But they all, those all treat themselves as separate campuses. Uh-huh. So uh, I think they're, I don't know if there's somebody over the entire system, but each college, each campus has their own uh, president or chancellor. That makes so. sense. Well, uh, I did notice that uh, I, I see that you work for Albany County Campus. Is, was that in New York? No, it was actually in Wyoming. So I worked for Laramie County Community College, um, and I had uh, I had uh, some some different roles. I was vice president of academic affairs, and also I had the opportunity to serve uh, as I was over the Albany County campus. So Albany County there is in the same town as... Uh, which is uh, Laramie, the town of Laramie, which the University of Wyoming is. And so they are very unusual. They only have one university in Wyoming, and that's there. And so the thing that I found, I was actually researching Northern Oklahoma College with the, uh, the Gateway program we have on our Stillwater campus, and all the components of that look perfect for us. So I was borrowing a lot of that information, and I actually talked to some people before I had even applied for the position um, that I was going to try and implement in Wyoming because those were some great things that we could pull in, and it's like why recreate something if somebody else is doing a tremendous job. So Now, you spent some time over uh, in Stillwater at the Career Tech Center in Stillwater? 
Yep, I was at the state career tech, uh, but I the interesting thing was I was the executive director of a curriculum consortium. It was a national consortium, and it was called MOFSI, a multi-state academic and uh, academic and career. Uh, I don't remember the names. Call it consortium, but the but we made curriculum on really niche areas like uh, welding, diesel. Uh, surgical technology, CAD, electronics, areas where the state didn't have enough schools individually that they could do it. So Oklahoma has their own career center uh, and they have their own curriculum center. And the curriculum center is phenomenal, but they still didn't quite have the capacity to do them in those niche areas. So those states like uh, Oklahoma, Kansas, uh, Louisiana, Texas, uh, and several others, we had 11 total, they came together and then I worked for them. So the curriculum then was sold to Oklahoma through the Oklahoma Consortium. So I didn't get to interact with the Oklahoma folks very much. I was over in Kansas and I was in South Dakota and I was in Pennsylvania and, and Georgia and all these other states that we uh, had members of our consortium. So I worked with them. And that's where I would go sell product and work closer with the, the teachers in those schools. So was your time in Stillwater? Did, did you get to know NOC and uh, the, the program while you were there? Or did you just know them from your other times at other community colleges and uh, in education? Yeah, I did not know about NOC at all. We were, when, when I was in Stillwater between my job and we were very uh, in, engrossed into our, st- our children. Uh, we have three sons. And so we were super, super active in the community. And so we were doing those activities most of the time. So whenever I was there, I didn't get a chance to know about Northern Oklahoma College. Did go to a few events uh, over at OSU, went to a few football games, some wrestling, basketball, uh, especially when we played K-State since that was my uh, alma mater. But uh, always enjoyed those. Well, good. Well, uh, what drew you to NOC? Why, Why did you decide you wanted to apply to come to NOC? I just, I love the opportunity, the idea that we have such rich history uh, is because I I tend to do a lot of research before I apply for a position. And when I research this, the idea that our um, Enid campus, the Phillips University started in 1906. And that campus is just this beautiful um, historical campus. And then the same thing over in Tonkawa, that campus actually started in 1901. I mean, that was before Oklahoma was a state. So it's just amazing to think that the history we have. Um, So I think those things were so rich. And then when I started to look at the programming that we have, the idea that, like I said, the strong agriculture program, uh, we have really strong business. Our arts programs in Tonkamore are phenomenal. Um, I think we've got to have one of the best uh, astronomy, um, I don't know if it's program, but at least the facilities of any community college. Um, we our telescope is like inches shorter than the University of Oklahoma, and we have our own planetarium. We have a research center. Uh, I mean, I think our potential there is just huge uh, to to really build that into a really strong component for the college. When did you actually start here at NOC? I started July one in two thousand and twenty one. Okay, so you've been so a little over a year. Been here a little over a year. We were kind of in COVID a little bit, but uh, we were we were coming out. We actually. Uh, made the decision with the executive council and as we gathered input from uh, all the different sources that uh, it was appropriate for us to go back to face-to-face classes in the fall and so i was really pleased with that so we weren't shut down completely we we still have a lot of online classes there are people that are 
still don't quite feel comfortable enough to come and meet face-to-face. So um, we still had quite a few face-to-face. We all do, also do something called uh, online live, and that's where we'll teach it from one classroom, like maybe you might be in Stillwater, the instructor, and then we send that over to the Tonkawa and to the Enid campuses so students could be sitting there and you're taking it. Actually, you could even be doing it from home. Um, so it, it is it's a synchronous. So rather than a lot of online classes where you have to have all that self-motivation and self-discipline to do it yourself, this allows you to sit there. You have a a teacher who is actually interacting with you. Um, You get to have those conversations. Uh, If you have a question, you're right there in class. You can ask the question no matter which of those sites you're at. And so that is really a a great piece. But so, yep, been there a year and I'm I'm pretty excited. Things have gone really well. So just curious if you, if the class is taught at Stillwater, let's say, uh, and then you, uh, you're not necessarily enrolled in OC Stillwater, you're in OC Enid or in OC Tonkawal. Uh, are you allowed to visit, go to that class in person if you want? I, I don't know about that. Um, and, and that's real common. Like our nursing program, we have nursing students on all three campuses. Uh, so some of the classes will be taught from one of the three locations and then the, the students sit through, but then all your lab work would be done mm-hmm. at your location. Yeah. So, I mean, especially with gas prices these days, you might not want to be driving all the way to Stillwater from here or from Tonkawal. So uh, tell me about that. NOC Stillwater started uh, about 10 years ago or so, or a little bit more? Uh, it started earlier than that. It has been around for 18 years okay. um, it, in some capacity. We've been offering classes, but we just bought the building, uh, I think it was 2013. It, it maybe even be newer than that. But the, the great thing about our Stillwater campus is it is a, a large classroom building that is right in the middle of OSU. And so it, it takes away the stigma that you have at a lot of, a lot of universities and communities, uh, colleges, where students may not want to go across town to take courses at the community college. Here, your friends may not even know that you live in, the, in a dorm on the OSU campus, you're in the clubs, but you're actually attending class. You just walk in a different direction, but you're still right there in the same area. And so our students in Stillwater are actually considered OSU students and Stillwater, um, NOC Stillwater students. So they are considered both. Um, it, it is amazing that some of our students are active in those clubs. Um, I, one, one of our students is very active in an agricultural, a major agricultural club. I don't want to say what it is. I don't uh, because a lot of times the students over at OSU don't even know that they're NOC students because they're they they're just all one group. So it is a great service for them, and it gives them the opportunity to participate in there and they have the gym, the the pool, the other activities that you can do as an Oklahoma State student as well, right? Right, the wellness center. They get they can live in the residence halls the same way. Uh, they can they can use counseling, they advising. They can use the library. I mean, to think that you're at a community college, but to use Get to use a, a Research One institution library is is just a phenomenal opportunity. That's really cool. And I, I, my guess is the, the price is a little cheaper than going to Oklahoma State. Uh, it is a little cheaper, but you actually pay the same fees. Mm-hmm. Um, that That's an agreement that we have with OSU, that our students are basically paying the same level of fees. But the tuition's um, a little cheaper. But the, 
tuition's cheaper. Yeah. Well, my son is uh, going to uh, Oklahoma State in the fall, and I was uh, stunned at how much more expensive it's gotten in the last 20 years. Uh, but, you know, he, he's uh, luckily he got some scholarships and stuff, so he's pretty excited about that. Well, and it really, uh, students, no matter where they come from, whether they come from a larger school like Enid, you still get students who don't want to go to a chemistry class with two or 300 students. If you can come over to NFC and take one with 20 students. And so places like that is really where we make a difference. If you come from a smaller community like Lamont, um, I mean, that that's going to be quite a shock to show up on a OSU campus. So a lot of times those students will end up coming to uh, NFC Stillwater because they want all the services and to be able to work like a OSU student. But it, and it works that way. Also, if you're not academically prepared, if you're not quite ready for those college-level math and uh, English classes that you're going to encounter at OSU, you can come to us, get caught up, maybe take some developmental courses. A lot of times we call them co-rec, where you're taking a class that helps prepare you for college algebra at the same time you're taking college algebra. That's interesting. Do you do you guys teach all the zero-level courses like that, the developmental courses? Yeah, well, yes. We teach the developmental courses to, to help catch you and get you up to speed. It, it's it's great because taking them in that smaller class size, that's, uh, that is great. Because a lot of universities, some of the major universities, they don't even teach developmental classes. They, they say, else you're ready or not. So Having a campus there in Stillwater, does that also give you the opportunity to have some uh, really top-level teachers, uh, professors for some of those classes? Do they teach both at OSU and o, uh, at NOC, or are they, is it kind of their own deal? Uh, we do get some. Uh, sometimes we'll get a, a full-time OSU teacher that teaches adjunct for us. Sometimes our teachers uh, will work as advisors or adjunct faculty over for OSU. Um, but I think probably being in the Stillwater community helps attract some of our folks. I mean, uh, some people don't want to be like Tonkawa is a town of 3,000 people. So it's it's a little challenging sometimes to get to people to come to a smaller community like that, although they could still live in Ponca City or definitely we have a much larger community here in Enid. I mean, I think the capacity here is one that's probably kind of the perfect size for a lot of faculty. Now, I know you weren't here at the time that they were doing the discussions about bringing NOC here, uh, but uh, from from what you've learned, and, and you said you did a little research and that sort of thing, uh, can you explain a little bit about how NOC got to Enid, bought the Phillips campus, uh, number one, and then number two, uh, uh, it, it's kind of interesting that Enid is a much larger community than Tonkawa or even Alva for Northwestern, uh, but we've got this uh, synergy uh, to provide uh, you know, a, a bachelor's degree, uh, but through two, through the bridge program in two different schools. So, uh, so first talk about, uh, how, how the Phillips campus got here or you guys got the Phillips campus, uh, and then how you guys have worked with Northwestern. Yeah. So I, I don't know all the details, but, but, uh, from what I understand, we were actually approached, uh, they wanted, NOC to step forward and help with the, uh, those college courses. It just made a lot of sense that, um, that we could come in and pick that up. Uh, and it really has worked really well. And we have this great bridge program, as you mentioned. Um, and so our bridge program is students can actually take two years with us. And then if they graduate from us, they can go on and get a guaranteed scholarship if they go take courses at Northwestern um, here in Enid. And they can actually, so there have been $1.2 million in, uh, in scholarship dollars that students have qualified for. I mean, that is, that is amazing the way this city has supported that. 
Um, and a lot of that is through the Enid Higher Education Council. They have put a lot of dollars. Now, I'm not sure if some of these dollars come specifically just from Northwestern, but I know the Enid Higher Ed Council really has been supportive of, of our students. Well, that's a really unique opportunity here uh, that, that some, you know, a town of our size should have higher education and didn't for a while uh, after Phillips was closing. And so that's that's really cool that we were able to uh, provide that, uh, but still uh, keep the personalities like we talked about of Northwestern that is over in Alva and you guys in Tokawal. Right. And I, I do love that. We also have uh, agreements with like the Northwestern students. They can actually live in our residence halls. Uh, we allow, we'll, we'll make capacity. We're, we're trying to partner with them all the time. Uh, I mean, I look at little things like we have a disc golf course that spans both of our campuses. Um, and I think that's something that so many students, young people are, are doing now. Uh, I know I've got three sons and uh, one of them is really into disc golf. It's actually one I've gone out and played with him several times. Uh, we're actually talking about putting in kind of a uh, a top-level course on our um, Enid campus here where the golf course is because, as you know, the golf course has kind of been abandoned for several years. We keep it mowed, uh, but, it's, but it's not mowed well. Like the greens are not puttable. Um, and so we're really looking at a way to... Um, benefit our students and benefit the community. And if we think we can put in a top-notch uh, disc golf course, that would really help both of our students because it, it it is amazing. I know I've gone to, uh, as an example, a disc golf tournament up in Emporia. There were there were tons of people, and there is so much excitement uh, as they those athletes, and they some of those are making big, big bucks uh, as disc, professional disc golf players. So Another thing that you got, and I don't know if you know this or not, but the high school practices the uh, cross country over there on uh, in your campus, and even does a uh, cross country meet at the beginning of the year, uh, school year, and it's a really uh, challenging cross country course. People don't realize how hilly it is in that part of town. No, I, I think that's great, and and so if we did a disc golf course, that wouldn't alter the the cross country at all. And I, and I know we've talked about that too. Um, is there a way to enhance that? Like to do our own invitational uh, cross country meet, things like that. So because we'd love to get people on campus as much as possible, let those uh, high school students see our campus, let them experience, get them. And you'd also want to be able to get them into some classrooms, get them into the buildings, let them see what it's all about. Well, when you started a year ago, what was the biggest challenge that you that you found uh, immediate, immediately upon starting? Uh, was there something that you're like, oh, man, we really got to fix this? I don't know that there was any uh, huge challenge specifically. I, I know financially um, the, the college has has encountered some some difficulties, and that's one of those that we're continuing to, to work on. Um, we've had probably uh, a 10, 15 year decline in enrollment, which the thing is that's a national trend. It's, it's not just uh, related to our college. That's, that's a national trend in community colleges. And they, they have uh, all encountered some, some complications. Part of that is because universities have gone to, uh, they have lowered their restrictions on entrance a lot. They have made in some cases test optional. So you don't have to prove that you're ready for college with an ATC score or an SAT score. And they have made those test optionals to actually get admitted sometimes. So uh, those, and, and it's not just OSU, it's, it's universities all around the country. And so those are some of the things we've got, really got to work on. So we're, I'm really trying to work on how to improve student engagement on campus. Um, how do we get 
everyone, whether it's the students, the, the employees, the community, how do we get them back on campus? Because with COVID, everybody has backed away. Um, students weren't coming to class uh, because we told them they couldn't. Um, some employees were working from a distance. Uh, we basically told community members that you can't have Lions Club meet on campus anymore. So those are things that we're really trying to, to bring back and open up. Like we're basically open for business completely now. Like when we did our graduation in the spring, we had full capacity. And so the gym was full. And we just told people that you should use your best judgment. You know, if you're uh, immunocompromised, you should wear a mask uh, or maybe not come. Um, and we just wanted people to use good judgment when they did. So. Well, I remember a couple of years ago, and I don't know what it's gone in the last couple of years, but uh, community college funding uh, from the state had gone down like 30% or something very significantly. Uh, do you happen to know those numbers or has that continued to decrease the last couple of years as well? So, so we actually get less from the state than we did 10 years ago. Um, and, and you would think with inflation that that would have continued to go up at least at about a 3% rate. Um, that, that is not the case. We actually have less money than we did. Now, the good thing is that the uh, legislature did give more money this year. So we had a slight increase. Uh, we've also re received a little bit of money through ARPA funds. So as an example, we're getting $300,000 from the ARPA or the government stimulus money uh, for COVID that is coming for nursing. So we're going to put that money in and, and find ways to improve uh, our capacity for nursing students. Meaning nursing, numbers? Yeah, nursing. And, and it's actually part of it is getting people to come to the door because nursing has really struggled. You, you had a lot of uh, those health professionals that it was tough during the COVID times. And so uh, people left the profession and they just didn't have enough. And, and, and it was exhausting for those people. So we have to rebuild that positive attitude. I mean, nurses, uh, that, that is a, a phenomenal career. So we've got to get out and build that uh, feeling again and start to recruit people into the field because the hospitals need it. I know I've uh, just recently talked with the um, CEO over at Stillwater Medical Center, and we were talking about the, the need for nurses. Um, because they had to hire traveling nurses, and it just that just gets where it's um, not not feasible to to hire people at that really high rate that they do. Now, is that because you guys are at capacity of how many kid, how many nursing students you can take, and y'all are full, or is it because there not enough people are applying for the program? Right, we we have plenty of capacity for more mm -hmm. students, and we're actually going to to open up, and we're going to start having uh, students be able to enter in the fall and in the spring. Um, so that is going to make a big, big difference. But the problem is people who are qualified, um, so they're prepared because you have to be academically prepared in nursing because it is such a high stakes program. Um, you, you have to be prepared because if you fail out, typically we might let you back in one time, but if you fail out twice, a lot of colleges around the country uh, say you're done. And if you fail out of one school, a lot of times other institutions won't take you. So you don't want to start until you're ready, um, but you have to have your anatomy, physiology, and all those courses that are going to make you ready to succeed. Because once you get through the program, so that's that's the hard part is getting through, but then once you get through, you have to pass NCLEX 
which is a very high stakes test. And if you don't pass NCLEX, you still can't perform as a registered nurse. But once you pass that, you're a registered nurse. And then you could go on as an example to Northwestern and get your Bachelor of, uh, of Nursing, the BSN. BSN. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's really interesting that uh, I, I wasn't aware that there was a shortage of applicants even. Uh, but like you said, they need to be prepared because it is a difficult program uh, in some respects. I mean, if you're ready to get there and study and do your work, then uh, then it's probably okay to get through. But uh, but that's uh, that's interesting to know that that's definitely something that, uh, you know, somebody that's been involved in the community a lot. I knew we had a nursing shortage, but I didn't realize that that stemmed from less nursing applicants because that's a great job, if uh, a great paying job, especially uh, um, for those people. So yeah, it's uh, for our family, it's been tremendous. My, my wife is a nurse, and uh, she's also been a nursing educator. But uh, she has always been able to find a job. Whenever we moved to a new community, mm-hmm. um, she would walk in and they'd say, can you start tomorrow? And that was even way before COVID because um, it kind of got whenever I would apply for jobs, I started saying, stay home. There's no reason for you to go because they want you to start tomorrow. And so hopefully we got to get where they want me to. So, yeah. um, but, but nursing is, is just a tremendous, and, and I think it's so rewarding too because you are helping uh, helping people, you are making a difference in their lives. Besides nursing, what's another uh, uh, popular program track that you guys offer? Uh, I think some other ones would be like our business area. Uh, it's it's really strong. We have some great faculty in business. The criminal justice um, is a really good one. We've really been doing some great things. Our students, uh, they competed in some national events and, and really did well this last year. Um, I know we're working on like our pre-engineering, that is one where we also have some funding that we're going to be able to spend some extra funding on. Um, and so I, there are so many engineering opportunities out there. So if we can get students in, uh, you can take basically the same classes at NOC that you're going to take at a university. And it's cheaper, and you're going to have smaller class sizes. You're going to have a faculty member that is there uh, really wanting to help you be successful. So uh, actually, two of my sons went through engineering, and I I think both of them would have benefited by starting at a community college and be able to get that super strong foundation in the beginning. Especially, like you said, the smaller class sizes, that's a huge deal whenever you're talking about difficult classes, I think. Yes. Yeah, it is. When you're in a, a class with 100 students taking trigonometry or calculus, uh, that's tough. And on, and just a campus that you actually know your professor, see him around, see, maybe see him around town. Uh, whenever I was at Stillwater, you know, if I, I saw a professor outside of class once, I'd be surprised, you know, so... Yeah, that, and that's something I always tell students is make sure you know your professor. Make sure they know who you are. Um, you need to build a relationship. Um, also, it makes it so you're more comfortable to be able to go talk to them and ask for help. Um, the, the worst thing you can do is, is struggle and, and not ask for help early enough. Too many times students feel like, oh, I'll be able to figure out how to do it. I can overcome this. And they just wait a little too long. And by the time they go ask for help, it's almost too late. Uh, to catch back up. So if I'm a high school junior, what, what's your what's your pitch to me as a high school junior? That I'm looking, I'm thinking, well, maybe I'll go to Oklahoma State, maybe I'll go to uh, Kansas State, maybe, uh, uh, but I got NOC that's right down the road, or I got NOC that's uh, in Tonkawa. What, what, what's your sales pitch to me to, to take a look at you guys? Well, so I might have two different sale pitches. Um, first, let me start with, we have developed two phenomenal programs with Enid Public Schools. Um, one of those is called Early Degree Program, 
And a student through their junior and senior year can actually earn 60 credits. They can get an entire Associate of Applied Science degree while they're still in high school. A lot of times we talk about two plus two programs where two years here, there, and two years here, and two years there. That is a two equals four program because you're taking two years at the high school, but you're taking college courses and you're actually going to get your high school degree and you can get a college degree at the same time. Uh, we also have another one there called Early 30. So that would be more for the students that are um, probably much more active. They're in band, they're in athletics, uh, they're in all the clubs, they might have a part-time job, and they just don't have the ability to really crank out 60 credits, and they would be able to work towards 30 credits. Now, of course, you could do anything in between. Uh, you know, even if you get nine credits while you're still in high school, that's a plus. So the nice thing about juniors is the state legislature just passed a, a law that it will allow um, tuition waivers for a junior in high school to be able to get uh, their tuition waived. They won't have to pay for the tuition for nine credits. So the students can actually come to us. They still have to pay the fees in the books. Uh, but the tuition is paid for. Now, if they take the courses at the Enid campus, um, they do have a grant there. I'm not sure of the details. Um, I believe it's called the the Ray Davis Scholarship. Mm -hmm. And so it is one that if you are um, on free or reduced lunches, they would help with your your books and, and, and fees for those uh, those courses. So if it's taught at the Enid campus, they will help cover some of those. So you, you need to look at the details, work, work with your counselor there at the high school. Um, so the beauty is you could get started uh, and, and get this huge jump start on college. And so that is one of the things I would say. Now, the other part is um, we offer a, a very robust uh, college experience. If you come to NOC, what I would encourage is come live on campus, um, go to the athletics, do the activities, um, get a chance to, to meet other students and get that real college experience. And that's one of the things I love about like our Enid campus is the size of it. it it's mo- like a small liberal arts college as, as far as the size and the feel. And, the, uh, and so those are things that I would really look for students to do, you're going to get an opportunity to have smaller class size. You're going to get to know your peers. You're going to build those relationships. You're going to have friendships that you're going to take for the rest of your life. You're going to take some of those that down the road, you're going to keep looking back to those friends you made at NOC. Um, and, and I think the idea that you can start at NOC and be successful is huge. Um, if There are a lot of students that start at universities, and if you're not quite prepared, whether it's mentally or academically, um, you may fail out and a lot of those students drop out and they disappear forever. But if you would start at NOC, you're going to have people there that are going to really help you along with some of the tutoring services and things uh, that will help you be successful. Then you can make that next leap uh, to go to Northwestern or you could uh, go on to OU or OSU um, in, in, or, or um, 
Central University of Central Oklahoma, any of those institutions. But I think you can get that really strong base. Actually, I started out of community college. I didn't say that earlier, but I actually started out of community college for two years. Um, the beauty with me is that it allowed me to have a full-time job. Um, I worked full-time and worked. So I, I slept about five hours a night because of uh, going to school full-time and, and working. But it, uh, that, was, that was a plus because I couldn't have afforded to go to college if I hadn't had the money that I saved during that full-time work, because I basically put all of that into the bank. I lived at home, uh, saved money, and then when I went on to the university, I was uh, financially prepared to be able to take that next step. Well, I, uh, I'd like to go back and touch on the concurrent enrollment uh, the programs that ain't it high, because uh, my son just got, or stepson just got done with some of that. And, and one thing that, um, you know, I'm sure he was told a dozen times beforehand, uh, but especially boys are doofuses. And, uh, and so, uh, when we were talking about, it, he took AP classes, he got A's in all these AP classes, but then when it came down to the AP test, uh, he wasn't a great test taker. And so that whole, that whole idea of getting college credit was based on whether he could get a three or four on this, these, uh, AP tests. But with, you know, finally, after the third time that he didn't get a three on one of these tests, I said, we need to look at concurrent enrollment. I said, cause then at least you got a whole year or a whole semester, uh, of grades that you can do, you know, you're projects and all these other things and you're and getting your three credit hours isn't just based upon this one test and so he took three or four classes through the concurrent enrollment program there and, and got the ray davis scholarship for the books that they did on campus uh, and so uh, can you talk a little bit more about especially that program that that allows them just to walk down the hallway at enid high and have a college professor there in the room yeah, it, it, to me, that is a great facility that they have there and the opportunity that students can take college-level classes from college instructors right there in their own building. Um, they're just walking down the hall. Uh, I, I, I do love AP classes. I think those have played a, a critical role, but you're right. They have to, to take a test, and then they get a score of like three, four, or five, and there are some of the major universities that will only accept a five. Um, so if you don't have a five, you're not going to get into like a Stanford uh, and get credit for that course. So here, it's going to be transfer transcripted as a NOC course. So if you take it from us, not an AP course, you if you take that concurrent enrollment, it, it gets transcripted as an NOC course. So it's on your college transcript. And so it's done. Yeah, you're, you're right. I know I've had employees that have told me the exact same thing, that they, <clears throat> they had a, a son or a daughter that was not a good test taker, and, or that day they weren't a good test taker, and it, and it didn't work out. Yeah. Well, that's really cool. I, I, that, that, and the fact that you said there's tuition waiver, and he, he didn't have to pay hardly anything. I don't know if we paid a penny for those classes with the books and everything because of the scholarship. Right. And, and another thing is <clears throat> it gives students some confidence that they may not have had. Because think about all the, the young people that don't think they're college material. They don't think they're ready. They may even had an adult tell them that. Um, it, it saddens me. There are times I've actually heard like, like a high school teacher tell somebody that they weren't college material. It's like, oh my gosh. I had one of my sons who, when he went to a university um, in engineering, uh, the dean actually said, uh, you're not really a, a prepared for engineering. You're gonna never get better than C's. Oh my gosh, how do you tell that student that? So this is one, they're actually taking college classes 
from a college faculty. Now, they may be in a room with other high school students, but you're still the same expectations are right there for you to do. So it, I think it's great in a confidence builder. And not only that, but they can take the classes on campus if they want to go over to, to NOC and take it that way, or they can take them online too, right? Yeah, if you wanted to take an astronomy course as an example, uh, you could come over and take that on campus. Um, so, so let me throw out something that I think is, is pretty amazing. We have a new program this year. Uh, it is the Elementary Ed Fast Track Program. So with the Fast Track, it is a program we developed in conjunction with Northwest Oklahoma State. A student in three and a half years can graduate and be able to teach elementary school. Three and a half years. Including summer? Uh, It includes some summer, Mm -hmm. right. It does include some summer. But if you think about that, what if part of that three and a half years was done in concurrent enrollment? You might be out teaching in, in the elementary school two and a half three years yeah two or three years yeah. two or three years right out of high school so the the elementary ed fast track is is this great thing we i am so pleased with the uh, partnerships we've recently done with northwestern and with enid public schools they have both been just phenomenal partners so how do we get the in and like i said i, I, I was kind of teasing about boys being doofuses but they kind of are uh, and i because I, I can't imagine that the school isn't promoting this stuff on campus there at the high school uh and it's just that it's not you know, it's just going right over their head or in one ear out the other. So how do we communicate that to parents to let them know, hey, these are these opportunities for these kids. You just got to make sure that they go and ask about it. Uh, we got to make sure that we put that stuff out in the public. How do we let those, because I didn't know much about the concurrent enrollment. In fact, I had to set up a meeting with the counselor myself. I asked him if he knew anything, you know, and so it wasn't until we sat down and saw what the class schedule looks like, saw what it was, you know, how he could do it for his class schedule. Uh, and so how do we make that a little more seamless here and, uh, you know, to let the parents know, uh, and what they can do to call and talk about it. So something we've already been doing in Enid, and we're really trying to spread out to some of our other communities, is we are trying to go in and to the high school and meet with the students, students and the parents and talking to them about concurrent enrollment, but also just getting prepared for college. Um, as, because I think so many times the students aren't mentally thinking about, I want to go to college, what do I have to do? Because some of those are thinking, okay, well, in two years, I'll start thinking about college. Um, And so one of the things that I think is really being missed out on is Oklahoma's Promise. Mm -hmm. So Oklahoma's Promise, if you get signed up by uh, your junior year, if if your family has a, a lower income level, you might actually get a lot of your college paid for. Because between that and a Pell Grant, that may almost pay for your college. And so... But you have to sign up early. You can't wait till you're graduating in a, as a senior and decide you're going to do that. And so those students have to really be prepared. So you've been surprised that there are people that would have been eligible if they would have signed up in time uh, that come and apply at NOC, that there's a mass of kids that didn't? Yeah, we're, we're actually having parents asking us those questions when we're out in the high schools talking to the students and the parents. And the parents are saying, how come I didn't know about this? You know, how come nobody told me about Oklahoma's Promise? And it's like... I hate to say your counselors probably were telling you about it and just nobody was listening because you weren't probably ready to hear that information. Um, it, it, so there's an unrelated thing. I remember listening to a marketing presentation and they said, uh, a lot of times you have never see the business, which is right there on your road until you need it. And he said, like a tire store, there may be one right there. So it just so happened that I needed tires 
and I realized there was a tire store two blocks down from me that I passed every day, and I didn't even know it was there until I needed tire. Same thing as with college, um, and so I think that's true. So uh, another thing I wanted to talk about is we have implemented this year a, a new program that's approved through the state um, where students who come through Autry Tech and they get a, a career tech uh, credential, they can actually come to NOC and earn an Associate of Applied Science um, in Applied Technology. So if you're in a, in a field, say it may be automotive or it may be welding or it may be a CAD or culinary, you can bring those skills. You will be able to get some advanced credit. We will actually give you credit for some of your coursework. We have gone in and done a crosswalk with all of those different programs with Autry. And so now students could come, get credit for that work, and come to NOC. And, and with just a few credits, probably about another 30 credits, maybe a few more depending on the program, um, they could get an associate degree. So you may be in a field where your, your uh, manager, the owner, et cetera, they want somebody at least with an associate's degree to be able to be the manager for, or, or a supervisor for a group of welders. Now you could get that through us. So that's gonna give you some of those academic skills that you need to be able to take on that next level of work, um, which may mean a pay increase, it may mean uh, uh, more responsibility, more challenges, the things that, that are really gonna make your job more interesting. Well, and also broadens your worldview a little bit too. And that, that's one thing that I told my son, stepson is, is that he could go get a job or, or gone to, uh, it, uh, do something at Autry, be a plumber, electrician, whatever, and and that's those are great careers. And uh, uh, but if you go to college, especially if you don't know really what you want to do, that that you get a broad sense of uh, uh, you know you do psychology classes or you do uh, sociology classes or you do these other classes, and so you get a you get a broad based education on other things that you would never have an opportunity to learn uh, unless you specifically wanted to seek that out, which most people don't in real in real life. You know, uh, I'm not you know most people don't go online and read about uh, ancient Rome, let's say, right. <laughs> that, right. you, that you might at a, at, at a university or another setting. Yeah, and, and I think it, it helps you uh, when you can go back and look at the way people have done things in the past, like with history. Um, I mean, we, we end up repeating history all the time. Um, so history and learning things in psychology, you learn how to interact with people better. Um, sociology, you're going to learn how to interact with groups of people and how different uh, cultures through anthropology. And I think there are so many of those that are going to be exciting. Um, so I actually, I wanted to come back, circle around. We talked about programs that are really strong. Um, there's one that, uh, that I'm really surprised we don't get more Enid students um, over in, in NOC Tonkawa with our fine arts programs. We have some phenomenal, I mean, really uh, top class, whether it is uh, musical theater, um, whether it is drama, whether it's our music programs. Uh, and we have a group called the Roustabouts that um, I, I know when I first heard about it, I go, oh, you're a pops choir. Oh my gosh, it is, it is an amazing group. Um, and people come from, from quite, a ra- quite a ways around to listen to the Roustabouts. So I, I've interacted with a lot of those students because my office is like right across. There's a sidewalk in between them. I stop over, talk to the students uh, when they're in rehearsal, talk to them when they're sitting around waiting between classes. 
Um, and th- those students are so engaged in it. It has given them this great opportunity. A lot of those are never going to go on and, and be in musical theater as a profession, but it gives them those experiences that, that it gives them confidence and it gives them some of those skills that are going to help them no matter what they do. The idea that you're on stage and you are performing in front of people, I mean, that is something that you can't hardly duplicate in other areas. Well, you touched a little bit about it on earlier about the different sports programs you have. That's a little bit the same with the sports programs as well. Now, there are obviously some kids that, that are going to go on to the university level or get recruited uh, outside, you know, on the baseball team especially and to right. other programs. Uh, but there are a lot of kids, too, that are just wanting to do it because it's fun and wanted another couple of years of athletic endeavors as well. Well, and they, and they love the excitement and the, and the challenge of being in those sports. The idea you're, you're hanging with a group of friends. I mean, you're, you're building this network of friends. We just had a, um, I think it was a, a 10-year reunion for baseball um, out here on uh, the David Allen ballpark. It was amazing how many people came back for the 10-year reunion. And it was just fun to watch the camaraderie and uh, as they got together and they told their stories and they had such such good memories of those experiences. How do we develop those? I mean, I'd love to figure out how to develop those through other areas, but our, our sports are definitely great opportunities. And, and, and I love uh, community colleges really give a lot of students a chance. It, it actually surprised me when I learned that sometimes students actually have a better chance of making it to a D1 school, Division One if they come through a community college. Because if you go through a uh, NAIA school, there's there's not the upward mobility. <clears throat> As an example, we had two of our basketball players from our Tonkawa campus who they both got recruited to Pitt. So up up in Pennsylvania, not not the Kansas Pitt. <clears throat> and they both got on the basketball team at uh, University of Pittsburgh. And so those are things that the community college offers that that they may not get through through some of the smaller schools. So community colleges really offer a lot of opportunities, and and I think students see that. What are your goals for the next few years for an OC? So one of the things we have going on right now is uh, it's a program called Building a Better NOC. And so what we are doing is we are listening to a lot, and I mean a lot, of students, employees. We're listening to community members on what are the things that you think we could improve on, but also we want to know what are the, the ways you think we can do things better. And what are your suggestions? What are, like, like we just, uh, I don't want to share what it was, but we just made a real simple decision about our residence halls that I think is going to be a huge, a huge plus. Um, and so things, sometimes they cost money, sometimes not. We will probably be putting together a, uh, a plan um, that will, as we try and address these, one of the things we really need to improve engagement on our Enid campus. We want to figure out how to get community members on campus. Um, and so we've got to find ways to have meaningful activities. Um, it might even be renting space uh, in different things, uh, how to get people there, but then also how to make it 
this this great opportunity for our students. Um, a lot of times with community colleges, the students who don't live on campus, they take class and go home. How do we get them to stick around for activities in, in the late afternoon or evening activities? And so those are things that we're really going to be looking for. So I'm, uh, we'll be doing that. We're actually going to be having some, uh, some sessions here, hopefully in the next couple months, with um, people from the Enid community. Uh, I want to bring in people from the community, but I also want to bring in some Phillips alumni because I'd really like to ask them, what do you think we could be doing better in relation to these facilities, that these great facilities that were Phillips? Um, I am really proud that one of the things that they had chosen to do was to maintain the names. So we kept all the names from Phillips University. Those, the, the building names are all the same as when they were Phillips. Um, so I, I really want to reach out to the Phillips alumni and see what what they think we could do better and, and um, how they would like to help us get there. So well, Phillips definitely has a sense of community and, and sense of belonging to that the Phillips community. You talk to anybody that went to Phillips and they'll say, oh, they're very proud to have gone to Phillips. Yeah, so, so my goal is how do we work together to, to take on some of these projects? So <clears throat> as an example, we actually have a project in uh, – Tonkawa that we're doing right now, and it's because we had a, a need. We had a need to improve the library, which we have a needed too, but we had a donor who was willing to step forward, and the donor is paying for all of the expenses to recarpet the whole space. Uh, we actually are, uh, we've eliminated a lot of the old, outdated books, so we have probably um, reduced our books by 20,000 books. Um, and so we're, we're cutting the bookshelves down from eight feet down to four feet. We've eliminated some of those. We're eliminating some of the old furniture. We're bringing in a lot of new furniture for students like for study spaces and some collaboration spaces. So as an example, you have a table that has a large screen TV so you could get a group of students sitting around to work to work on PowerPoints and different kind of presentations. And they can do that as a group. So we're going to improve the technology in there. And then some of the amazing things is we're actually going to put a mural on one end that is going to be 75 feet long by by 20 feet it is it is huge we just talked to the artist yesterday and uh the the theme is going to be uh, really really cool people are going to like it so there's that one and then there's also another one that's 25 feet long by 20 feet tall and then we will also have other art all the way around that and, and so we're actually changing the name of that. I'm sorry, we're not changing the name. It's still the Vineyard Library, but we're adding the component that it's the Pickens Learning Commons within the Vineyard Library. So this this Learning Commons is it's going to be so student focused on learning engagement activities, get them excited. It's it's going to be a wow factor when people come and visit campus and they step into our our Pickens Learning Commons into the library, it, it is going to be a wow factor as far as what a great space, which is we're going to be a really <clears throat> nice uh, contrast to our historical campus with these buildings from uh, you know the 1920s and 30s. Here we're going to have this brand new, ultra-modern looking uh, mural and all this art. It, it's it's going to be pretty exciting. Well, that sounds really exciting. Well, anything else that you want to uh, promote or talk about for NOC? I definitely, uh, you got enrollment coming up, or, or has enrollment's been coming up uh, for the fall session. So uh, definitely noc.edu uh, for any class schedules and things of that nature. Anything else that? 
Well, and as and related to enrollment, we've been doing some uh, targeted enrollment. So with our targeted enrollment, we're bringing in groups. Uh, they come in with their stu- their parents, um, and we really walk them through a lot of the steps so that they understand, the parents understand how to do a lot of these tasks themselves. And it, it, it we are getting great, great feedback on that. And I'm really pleased with our recruitment office. Um, they're doing a tremendous job. Um, one more thing that I wanted to talk about that's um, not exactly college related, but it's on the college property is we have a group we're working with and it's it's the Red Tail group. They are bringing in a, a youth program that is going to be on a building on the northwest corner of our campus, which right across from Adams Elementary. And it will be for uh, kids. I'm not sure how young it goes, but it goes up through high school. And they'll be looking at aviation and all the components that tie in with that. But it might be that you come out as a pilot, but it's more likely that you would come out as an engineer or you'd come out with one of these other. You might think about graphic design. What are the skills that get you excited through aviation, but then we get you excited about learning? And so as they do that, we're hoping that some of those will actually turn into college-level programs um, as we start bringing these young people through. And the nice thing is we're going to be able to help students. Some of these are going to be students at risk um, that are struggling. They're not engaged in school. This is going to be a way to get them excited again about learning. Um, I think it's, it's going to be such a great thing for the community. And so we're being supported through the community on this. Um, it's through the Red Tail Group and then also the college is working to uh, try and give a very generous lease uh, back to Redtail because we we think it's good for the entire community and we, and we do want to be that great community partner. Well, one thing I, I, that I did forget to ask you about is we talked a lot about concurrent enrollment and what you, you guys, the synergy that you have with Enid Public Schools. Uh, do you guys have concurrent enrollment programs for uh, Chisholm and OBA as well? Yes. Yep. All of those students. Uh, so it'd probably be a combination. I think most of those would be either either come to our campus or they would do that online live. Um, so they would have classes that they could take through online live. We're, we're constantly looking at ways to work better with those. Um, how do we work with their schedules? You know, what is, what is a high school student schedule that, so where can we put classes that make the most sense for them? Um, and I think that's one of the things that's going to really bust this open when we figure out how to, how to meet their needs and it still fits in with kind of the college uh, philosophy of how we do things. So, yes, we really want to work with those other schools. And because those students, I, I hate to, for them to get left behind because you're at a smaller community. So. Well, yeah, they they just have a little bit space uh, more space challenges than I think Enid High does. So Enid's lucky that they uh, had some bond issues that passed that and gave them specific space for that kind of stuff. So, well, it really sounds like NOC's got some uh, a really great future the next few years, uh, and we're really excited that you were able to talk a little bit about NOC and and uh, tell the community about what you guys got going on, Doctor Harris. Yeah, thank you so much for having me in. This this has been great. Um, I, I am just so excited about. You know, see, in our, in our the thing I am excited is our, is our employees are excited. Um, they want to make you know see better, and and they are all stepping up. And I think that's the thing that is so great. So uh, I I love to hear the good comments. It it amazes me when I talk to people. They go, Oh yeah, I went to NOC. My daughter went to NOC. My grandchild went to NOC. And it's uh, I, I, you just can't hear enough about it. That it's always makes me feel good. Well, check them out noc.edu, and uh, they got lots of information online. I'm sure that anybody at the admissions office would uh, would love to chat with you if you're interested more in that kind of thing. And definitely talk to your high school counselors if you want to do some concurrent enrollment. Thank you, Dr. Harris.